From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages. Welcome again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, folks, it's once again, WTF Friday. Yes, folks, it's going to be an interesting one today as we take this Friday for another adventure in podcasting here on In Black and Right. Uh, before we get into all the fun today, as always, you can contact us with questions, comments, hate mail, we don't care. Uh, in right at gmail.com is our email address, or you can check out our website, and it's going to be undergoing quite a few changes over the weekend. And that is inblackandright.net, as well as finding us on all of our social media platforms, Getter, Truth Social, we're everywhere. Well, at least everywhere that counts anyway. But today, folks, oh my goodness. Yes, we're going to have some fun today talking about the American KGB otherwise known as the FBI and the Department of Injustice. This is absolutely in-freaking-sane. Because, I'll tell you folks, what's going on right now has got the FBI and the DOJ in full-blown panic, meltdown, breakdown, whatever mode. Now, all of a sudden... The Washington Post is reporting that federal investigators believe they have sufficient evidence to charge President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, with tax crimes and making a false statement about a gun purchase. But, well, wait a minute. The Keep in mind, folks, the FBI has had Hunter's laptop, otherwise known as the Laptop from Hell, and it's a great book written by Miranda Devine, a columnist for the New York Post. Tough lady, did a lot of work, and took a lot of incoming for it. But yes, my friends, she's doing it. And now, all of a sudden, they, the FBI that has had Hunter Biden's laptop since December of 2019, that's almost three years, and now, all of a sudden... Here's the Washington Compost reporting that they actually have sufficient evidence to charge Hunter Biden? Wait a minute, what the hell have you been doing for the last three years? Hmm? What have you been doing with the laptop? And there's a ton of evidence. And that evidence has, from that hard drive on that laptop, has been... Uh, has been copied and downloaded, and it's been seen by a whole lot of people, including Rudy Giuliani, who apparently got a whole lot of grief for that. They didn't apparently the FBI didn't want to go investigate Hunter lap, Hunter's laptop when the FBI decided to give Rudy Giuliani a whole bunch of grief. But that's beside the point. 
I mean, now, with we are now 32 days away from the most consequential midterm of my lifetime, and a lot of other folks, too. And now, all of a sudden, now they're getting their ever-loving butts in gear and actually going, considering going after Hunter Biden? Now, Hunter Biden, according to his attorneys, has turned down a plea deal, which is maybe not exactly in his best interest, and especially his attorneys have got to be pulling their hair out, wondering, what are you doing, dude? Who do you think you are? Just because you happen to be the acting president's son, you're not going to get any kind of grief, no kind of consequences, because you have, you're, you have very powerful friends, and one of them happens to be your daddy, who is in the White House? Uh, no, Hunter. No, this is not so much about Hunter Biden and his case. This isn't even about the FBI and the Department of Injustice doing the right thing, even though it's all kinds of late. The FBI, or the American KGB as I like to call them, they have gone all kinds, I mean, 50 shades of knuck and futs. They're, they're just bonkers. What they've done to pro-lifers, especially the pro-lifer in Pennsylvania, a Catholic man who is an author and speaker, and the FBI shows up with a SWAT team at his home in Pennsylvania, scaring the living daylights out of his wife and seven kids over a case which was already adjudicated. What is the end game for the FBI doing this? They're going after pro-lifers, what they did to Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, and that mess is still going on. So yeah, what is the problem with the FBI? Even Alan Dershowitz, the professor emeritus uh, at Harvard and so forth, not exactly a friend of the right wing, but even he believes that if uh, the gun charge is prosecuted and so forth and all the other things that are on there and believe me there is a ton yeah what is he going to do is joe is joe biden going to pardon him right away if he's convicted no no i don't believe so and neither does professor dershowitz he, Biden, if he's going to pardon Hunter for any kind of a charge or any type of uh, conviction, he'll do it on his way out the door, uh, either in 2024 or sooner. And I can see that, but what really blows my mind is, why is the FBI all of a sudden wanting to do the right thing? Well, I like to think that the FBI has a huge huge credibility problem and it's now been <laughs> whew, and now it's been brought out even more so why the FBI is a straight-up mess and the Daily Caller has done a story just yet just printed yesterday by a Laurel Duggan and the headline says it all 
The FBI has a massive sexual misconduct problem, whistleblowers reveal. I'm like, uh-oh, more whistleblowers in the FBI? I mean, my gosh, it's bad enough you had whistleblowers after the raid on Mar-a-Lago a couple of months ago. Now you're getting even more whistleblowers out of the FBI who are talking about the culture, which is incredibly partisan, incredibly toxic, and there are even those whistleblowers who are telling on their bosses and they're having to face retaliation even though they are under, they are under uh, federal protections. But nope. Now here comes another group of whistleblowers talking about huge misconduct, sexual misconduct problems within the Bureau. And the story goes a little something like this. Hundreds of F, uh, from the Daily Caller, hundreds of FBI employees avoided discipline for sexual misconduct by retiring or resigning amid investigations from 2004 to 2020, according to Department of Justice records which were obtained by Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Way to go, Senator Grassley. Yay, happy. Now, this, of course, now, this is huge. And they brought the receipts. The whistleblower documents revealed that 665 FBI employees, including 45 senior executives, left their jobs following investigations into alleged sexual misconduct before they could be disciplined, according to Grassley. High-ranking high officials were subjected to less severe penalties than other staff, according to these documents. And Senator Grassley, I, I love this guy. Uh, I totally love the guy. Now, a quote from Senator Grassley. These two documents show a systemic failure within the Justice Department and FBI to protect female employees from sexual harassment and sexual misconduct in the workplace and a failure to sufficiently punish employees for that same misconduct. This is what Senator Grassley wrote in a letter to the all-knowing, all-powerful weak as all get out, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland and Director, FBI Director Christopher Wray. So now all of a sudden, here we go. Um, <coughs> ah, I'm so blown away by this. I mean, it is definitely a WTF kind of a day and kind of a story. You've got the FBI with whistleblower whistleblower fever talking about all kinds of things within the agency. Whistleblowers talking about partisan investigations, pushing forward a false narrative about January 6th and, and threats to democracy. The only threat to democracy, first of all, dingbats, the United States is not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, number one. Number two, to push for the real threat to democracy 
are the ones who are screaming at the top of their lungs about democracy. The FBI, the DOJ, the Biden administration. I mean, let's not forget Joe Biden on that really weird, evil speech he gave in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia on September the 1st. After that, it's all gone downhill. All gone downhill. More FBI whistleblowers coming forth to members of Congress. They see, at the FBI and the Department of Injustice, see the handwriting on the wall. They know the red wave is coming. They know their sorry carcasses are going to be investigated and there's going to be oversight in the House, definitely, and hopefully in the Senate, just hopefully a few uh, of these Senate seats will flip uh, from D to R, and I'll get into a little bit of that uh, a bit later. But yeah, we now have the FBI again in major league with major league problems and major public relations nightmares. Not just a nightmare, but multiple nightmares by multiple whistleblowers. So, yeah, that's going to be a hoot to see what happens with that. Absolutely. So, yes, we've got that. And we have other things going on. But what... But there's some things that really make me just ticked off. Uh, and still ticking me off, frankly. Um, the st a story that we did, I talked about, I believe it was yesterday, um, was about a private consortium, the Election Integrity Partnership, uh, was accused of flagging 2020 election misinformation, and now, in a statement that just came out uh, a couple days ago, this election integrity partnership is defending its work with the feds. Not just one, but at least two cabinet agencies. Here's the story uh, from John Solomon and Greg Piper over at Just the News. I'm like, oh boy, if John Solomon's writing this, you know it's going to be good. You know they've got the receipts, and it's going to be something that's interesting. It's kind of to be continued. But reading this story, a private consortium that played a major role in censoring social media content during the 2020 election has acknowledged anew it collaborated closely with two, count them, two federal cabinet agencies and state and local elections officials on the project, but said most of its requests to big tech came from its own research. So now this election integrity partnership had issued a very lengthy statement on Wednesday after a series of reports by Just the News on the breadth of its efforts to censor purported misinformation which impacted nearly 22 million tweets 4,800 URLs, 20 news organizations, several lawmakers, and candidates, and a couple, you know, about two dozen influencers, with a 35% success rate for content removal, labeling, 
or soft blocking, or you might say shadow banning. Now, of course, these election integrity partnership yahoos, you know, they're like, oh no, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong about us. We didn't do anything. Excuse you. What the hell business is it of yours, Election Integrity Partnership, for you to be working hand-in-hand -hand with government agencies on the local, state, and federal levels to federal cabinet agencies about being somehow the great arbiters of what's misinformation? Who do you people really think you are? And now that you're coming out trying to defend this and say, oh, we did a really good thing, you basically meddled. And the fact that you're some type of outside-of-the-government agency, I'm wondering, did, were you funded by Zuckerbucks? That's a certainly a legitimate question. Because it is nobody's dang business. It's nobody's job to be arrogant enough to think that you are this great arbiter of truth. No. No and no. Election Integrity Partnership, I'd love to see John Solomon do a much deeper dive into your organization because the, <laughs> the mainstream corporate media aren't going to do it. It's going to be up to people like John Solomon and others to find out who you people really are, who you, be, who you represent, and what makes you think it was okay to say, oh no, you know, getting big tech involved with messing with people's free speech. Hmm? Oh, I mean, this, it, it just, it's sad, it's sad to me. Well, it doesn't, it's not sad, it's what's called, yeah. Now, here's the, in, a statement, part of the statement anyway from this Election Integrity Partnership. Unfortunately, not everything written or said on TV about us has been correct. Really? Claiming... The statement says, claiming the consortium's researchers, including students, have received threatening emails and social media messages. Okay, stop right there. It's like, this is the same type of well, we've been threatened. It's like, really? Threatened by who? And students? Uh, students. Okay, are these college kids? High school kids? What? You know, this is the same type of crap that wimpy, elitist, and probably racist school boards across the country are trying to do to parents. We're going to tell the, we're going to tell Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice and we're going to sick the FBI on you and they're going to use the Patriot Act and we're going to squash you like a bug. Well, how is that working? Because I'll tell you what, I'm going to be not just looking at all the federal races, House and Senate and Governor, I'm going to look at some school board races too because I am sick and tired of these Karen types. And some of them are men, too. Probably horribly white, horribly elitist. Screaming, you know, and the National School Board Association. They already had a whole bunch of backlash and a lot of incoming from a lot of their state organizations and a bunch of them up and left. 
They up and left. It's like, hey, you didn't tell us about this, and we don't buy this. We're not coming into agreement with this. We're not going to go and tick off parents and call them domestic terrorists. You might be okay with it, but we aren't. So, yes, this is the same type of thing that really bugs me. They're, they're screaming, oh, we've been threatened, we've been intimidated. Really? If you have been intimidated and threatened, why haven't you sent another uh, sent a letter to the DOJ and the FBI and you go after these people? I mean, they've been th if they've been threatened, you know, I said, no. This is why this election integrity partnership and, and you're getting involved with free speech, it's not your business. Now, if some people want to make, I, I'm not in any way, shape, manner, or form condoning people who do and say really violent and stupid things. I don't do that, never have done it. But if what is your definition of threats and harassment? Did somebody say, hey, you know, don't, don't get involved with this. Don't mess with my free speech. Oh, I've been threatened. I've been threatened. You people are wusses. I'm really sick of this. I'm really sick of the National School Board Association. I'm really sick of other local school board associations, school boards screaming that just because you don't get with the program of, big, of the education establishment, Oh, yeah, and I know. And I come from a family of educators. Okay? Four of them, as a matter of fact. This is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. But still, hey, remember who we're dealing with here. These are people who just do not have any kind of, any kind of backbone, and they can't handle being called out when they're doing something stupid. Now, if you think I'm kidding about big education and all of this stuff, government and all that, I got a story for you from the Epoch Times. Headline, today, CDC allocated $85 million, that's taxpayer money, for grants requiring schools to start student-led clubs Supporting LGBT youth. Now, this is another sick, twisted thing. Why is the CDC, which is supposed to be for public health, requiring schools to start clubs supporting LGBT youth? Now, this is just crazy. I mean, again, you won't hear this story in the mainstream media. Now, the U uh, and this is yeah all right here we go yes the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention spent 85 million dollars on a grant program requiring sc public schools to start gay straight alliances. Public documents show, according to a notice of funding report for a grant offered by the CDC, the federal agency has a total of 85 million dollars to spend over a five-year period. From 2018 to 2023, a 12-month with a 12-month budget period. Okay, why is the CDC giving money to schools requiring students 
to requiring schools to start student clubs supporting LGBT youth. What business is it of the CDC? I mean, it was bad enough the CDC when the first in the first days and months of COVID or the China virus came out, they the CDC said that you cannot have anybody evicted or foreclosed upon uh, during this period while these lockdowns, which were a total mess, were in were instituted. The Supreme Court called them on it and said, hey, you don't have the authority to do that. You just don't. But they still did it anyway until the Supreme Court got serious and said, hey, hello, did you not hear us the first time? And so now, here's the CDC again with its really incestuous alliance with public education because the teachers' unions were telling the CDC, hey, here's what you need to do before we can get kids back into the classroom. They were, the teachers unions were dictating to the CDC. Okay. So yeah, so now they're at it again. Going behind your back as parents and as taxpayers. So yes, that's that federal money is taxpayer money. $85 million in grants uh, no. I mean, this is just crazy. <laughs> uh, looking a little further into the story. Now, okay, here we go. According to the documents that were obtained, one of the required activities that schools cannot, that schools cannot, repeat, cannot opt out of requires the implementation of of student-led clubs supporting LGBT youth, usually known as gay-straight alliances. Now, uh, and here is the definition according to the CDC and their documents. A GSA is a student-led club typically run in a middle or high school which creates a safe space for students to socialize, support each other, discuss issues related to sexual orientation and gender identity and expression, and to work to end homophobia and transphobia in their school and or broader community. Uh-huh. So now we find out the CDC is involved with schools and CRT with this whole gender ideology nonsense. Parents don't want it, and now we're finding out that the CDC has been funding schools in order to do so. You know, you have to use gender-neutral pronouns. I say, like, I am not pandering to some dingbat's pronouns who's got a mental illness. Sorry, you want to call me homophobic or transphobic, you can do whatever the heck you want. But I do not pander to people's pronouns. This is... Foolishness. This is stupidity. And what's even crazier, when you see this type of gender ideology, even in churches, the Christian left is just, and the woke, and woke Christianity is just as messed up as the public schools. Except the public, but churches aren't getting 
and using public money, federal tax, do federal tax dollars. But this is just a whole new definition of a train wreck. And so now, what's going to be done about it? Hmm? Parents, school board elections are that important. And, and in order to prevent this type of thing heading your way, stand up, speak up, watch them like a hawk. Because I promise you, if they can do this under cover of darkness without you, moms and dads, the mama bears, the papa bears out there, knowing about it, oh yeah, trust me. Do a little bit of digging, folks, and stay vigilant. Because any time they can sneak something in through another means in your local school district, and your school district seems to be okay with it, call them out on it. Don't be intimidated by their weenie threats. You are the parents. You're with the kid, your kids pretty much the vast majority of any given day. You're the ones who feed them. You're the ones who clothe them. You're the ones who are watching out for them. That's what responsible parents do. And to have some school board elite, some Karen, some Karen type, to tell you, say, well, we're, you, you just need to calm down and sit down and be quiet. Yeah, that'll go over like a lead brick. No, the parents not only have a right to speak out when your school district or your school board does something stupid, they are required to. Yes, they have the right and it is their responsibility. They are required to stand up to this because they're the parents. They're the mom and dad. They're the ones who are taking care of the kids when they're out of school, going to soccer practice or recitals or whatever, uh, sporting events. You have no clue, folks. So for all you elites in the education cartel, you got problems, and you're going to have even more problems because when things like this are known, I mean, it's already bad enough. You've had what happened in Virginia in 2021. Down here in Florida, on our primary, August 23rd, 13 school districts flipped from leftist control to pro-parents' rights, pro-kids. And one of those 13, I mean, were, they weren't small. Some of these were not small. Miami-Dade, Sarasota, and Jacksonville all flipped to pro-parent parents' rights. So, yes, if it can happen in Virginia, it can happen in Florida, it can happen anywhere. So, beware. So, moms and dads, mama bears out there, the moms for liberty, moms for America, ladies... And gentlemen, do your thing. Absolutely. Do what you have to do for your kids. And to heck with the government. To heck with the strong arm tactics. To heck with all the Karens, the elitist Karens who are trying to tell you where to get off. Do your thing. Protect your kids and don't even think about apologizing for it. Not even once. So with that, my friends... I'm just going to call it a day today. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find the In Black and Right audio podcast on all podcast platforms, big, small, and in between. Uh, just look for the title of the show or my name, Jerry Brooks. Or you can even look out for our sort of trademark flaming microphone. We're easy to find. So my friends, take care. Follow us on social media. You can go to our website and find out where In Black and Right is. And just have yourself a great weekend. We are going to be doing uh, Saturday versions. We're going to be doing it six days a week up until Election Day. So we'll be doing In Black and Right specials for the next few weeks uh, on Saturdays. So take care for now. God bless. And remember, patriots come in all colors.